0: Folks, it is another Wednesday night. It is the AOE Attitude Over Everything podcast. I got my man Harrison in the house. Harrison, what's going on, my man?
1: It's good in here, man. It's it's hot as hell outside, but inside the <laughs> <East> Coast, <Ohio. laughs>
0: hey. Well, let me tell you, homeboy, it ain't, it ain't much cooler down here in Auburn, Alabama, where I'm at right now, man. It is
1: hot, 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 hot. <laughs> oh, yeah. I feel it. It's going to be like that for a while, so I'll try not to complain too much about it.
0: <laughs> Harrison, I think before we get uh, before we introduce my guest tonight, man, I just wanted to wrap with you for a little bit, too, and I'm going to include Rudy on this in a little bit. Man, when I flew into Atlanta, um, so I flew into Atlanta and had a um, about a, you know hour and 30-minute drive uh, here to Auburn, Alabama. Bro, there was literally steam in the parking lot at the airport, just from the the humidity. (laughs) I'm thinking, man, this is ridiculous, man. So, folks, thank you for tuning in with us again tonight. Uh, The station, uh, our teammates, uh, the whole uh, uh, – probably 5% of the crew uh, is down there. It's over – I should say up there in Indianapolis. I was was bummed that I couldn't make it this year. I told DP I would have loved to get there, but these have been booked for a while. I'm in Auburn, Alabama speaking today. I'll speak there tomorrow. Uh, then I'll hop a plane. I'll drive back to Atlanta, get on the airplane, and fly to Pensacola, uh, Florida, where it's going to be hotter. So I'm going from hot to hot, hot, hot. <laughs> 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 but we had some so a big shout out to the crew there. They did a heck of a job. Rick Neuheisel, um, they had on there Kirk Farrens, They had on there man. Uh, they had Harrison on there from um, oh god, where is he from? Which I forget what uh, what station he's with. What well, who's affiliated with Harrison? Harrison and Harrison. But they had a number of guys they had on the uh, the interview today, man. So as I was traveling, I got to tune into some of it. Um, as I was driving here to Auburn, I got to tune in some more. Harrison, what's what's your view so far? And Rudy, I want you. I'm gonna first before I go any further, folks. I want to introduce my guest, my good friend uh, Rudy Perez, uh, the founder uh, of uh, Just Bandage, and also uh, a major cleaning company, which we'll talk about as well. And I call him RP, but it's Rudy Perez.
2: RP, what's happening? How you doing tonight, my man? How's it going, AD? I'm amazing. I mean, out of all places I could be and the people I'm with, I'm here with you. And uh, <laughs> I, can't, I can't do more. I'm very, very grateful.
0: Hey, you know it, man. You know it, man. You know, Harrison, today it comes out again. First of all, Harrison, how much have you got to listen to of the overall interviews today?
1: Uh, For Big Ten Media, I've, I've been plugged in pretty much all day with the yeah. ticket anyways, the ticket's content. Absolutely, they've had some uh,
0: some great interviews, some great insight from a lot of people. Something mm-hmm. that came out, and obviously we don't know the you know, like I said again, we don't know the um, uh, what's obviously it's all alleged right now. Uh, but a report came out a couple hours ago about uh, PJ Fleck, the head coach at Minnesota, from some former players of some uh, potential uh, uh, hazing that was going on in their locker room. Nothing of the con of the content nature that was going on, allegedly it gone on at Northwestern, but it's like, man, the dude takes the stage tomorrow, the microphone tomorrow. Harrison, man, what is going on in some of these locker rooms? And again, I want to say this, we don't know what's true and what's not true at Northwestern, nor do we know anything, any validity of what's going on or allegedly what, what happened at Minnesota. But Harrison, when you saw that come out, what was your thoughts when you seen that come out, knowing that Coach Fleck uh, is going to be with our guys most likely tomorrow at some time, whether he decides to uh, to honor that commitment or not because Jake did a great job of mm-hmm. checking with their SID to have at least five minutes with him. What, man, what is this, what is this, what, what's the, the, the landscape of this right now for, for Minnesota?
1: Yeah, so the first thing that came out with Minnesota, first thing I need more information because, you know, exactly. the, you, you just heard Colt. And right, right then and there, you're like, okay, let's actually put something together before we start using terms like cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, they, they gave some pages on what they're saying, kind of somewhat those allegations are and what PJ Flex teaching. Um, it was nothing crazy. It's a lot of acronyms. It's kind of like extra schoolwork that they had to do. Right. Um, stuff like being in the classroom. I, you know, I've, I almost kind of felt weird about it because I, I want to see more because obviously there's a lot of players that did speak to the truth of it. But all of the things that PJ Fleck – um in terms of getting those guys to do i i honestly outside of like teaching them all the extra acronyms and everything like the school stuff it didn't really bother me too much i'm like he's he's expecting you to be good classmates he's asking more of you yes but i'd imagine he gives you that pitch before you decide to sign on to minnesota football so i mean for me the biggest thing is if that's what you're signing on to and you know he's going to require more than your everyday athlete you know Mm -hmm. that's that's the guy you're signing with so We'll get, I'm at a point where I don't want to cast too much judgment yet. I think the word "cult behavior is pretty strong based on everything yeah. I was reading. I, I didn't get mm-hmm. any of that where it's over the top. So, you know, it's, it's interesting. Uh, for P.J. Fleck, that's our first game walking in there and you know, it's kind of crazy. Northwestern's had their scandal. Now you have Minnesota. And so far, Nebraska's biggest scandal was breakfast. <laughs> and it's yeah. like, I, really feel like viral, but I feel pretty blessed. That that's our biggest scandal right now. But yeah, it's just kind of crazy heading into the season. All this is coming out. But, you know, that's where I'm at with the data. I'm curious where you are. But I just, I don't want to jump to any conclusions. I think the word cult that's flying around is a little strong.
0: You know, it's, you know, Harrison, that's a great um, um, synopsis on your part. Colt's a strong word. I I think everything is premature right now. It's Mm -hmm. a hot issue. So anything, even if there's even just a hint of anything, even what do you mean? What are you going to define as a regular being? People are going to hop on that. Uh, I think that's one thing we do a great job at the ticket is we want to, we want to hear all the, we're going to report what's been heard, of course, but before passing judgment on anything, you got to have something in concrete. You got to have some uh, legitimate evidence that's there. Uh, before you start mm-hmm. pouncing on people, I think we're very, and strictly mentioned this yesterday. Uh, unfortunately the media is very quick uh, to pounce on something without having all the facts. And then when thing's get clarified and the dust settles, they're very slow to come back and put retractions out there, which I think is wrong because these are people's reputations, their livelihoods that are at stake, et cetera. Um, from the things that were alleged said, I, I, like I said, there's a lot of things that were said about, you know, what's a, allegedly happened in that locker room. Uh, uh, for instance, they said the uh, the fleck pot or something like that, to where
1: um, yeah, uh, bank. Got, is what
0: yeah, yeah, the yeah the fleck bank. You know, if you had enough deposits in there, you know, certain certain violations would be overlooked. Which I'm not going to get into because it's all alleged right now. So I'm not going to throw anything out there that we don't know if it's true or not true. But man, that's the last thing I'm sure he wanted to deal with 24 hours before he faces uh, the microphones and the cameras tomorrow. Uh, and if I'm in, if, if I'm in SID. Their sports information director. I'm going to let people know right away. These we're not going to comment on this right now uh, because it, it's ongoing. Just like Northwestern, coach, you know, uh, coach Braun. It's an ongoing investigation. I can't comment on that right now. And uh, I don't even know if this has reached the investigation stage of what they're going to do with it because the AD came out pretty clear and just simply said, "Hey, there's no, there's no merit to this. There's no truth to this." So mm-hmm. who knows? But if I'm Fleck, um, I'm probably not addressing them like, "Hey, if you want to talk about the 23-24 season, I'm all for it." All the innuendos, et cetera. I'm not going to address those because there's, you know, there's nothing to it. You know, so that's where I would go with there. Uh, either saying there's nothing to it, or those things are still being investigated. So I can't speak on an open investigation. Just like if you were outside of athletics, whether you're a, a company or an institution, which they are. Um, mm-hmm. But I just, I just wouldn't, I wouldn't go down a rabbit hole if I didn't have to, man. I just wouldn't. Um,
1: yeah, it's a, it's pretty convoluted. And like you said there too, the biggest thing for PJ Fleck, it's going to be the drug test. If any of that part's yes. true, that's gonna be that's gonna be the stickler. Um, the AD yes. said that he has not heard anything about it, and they are very strict. All those rules apply across the board for athletics. So that to me, that's the biggest thing in there that you mentioned that I just Cook wanted to mention. I think that's the thing where if he's gonna get in trouble, um, that's that's the flag.
0: That's gonna be the flag. Yeah, the other mm-hmm. stuff, the acronyms. I mean, heck, before we played games, we said H S U S K Arsenal Huskers, 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 or Nebraska, Nebraska, Nebraska. But no, folks, enough of that. You know, folks, again, I was, I'm so excited for tonight's show. And this is not going to be a one-time appearance for sure. Uh, I've known Rudy Perez's family for a long time when they first got to Nebraska. Rudy, first of all, Perez,
2: how you doing tonight, RP? Uh, I'm amazing. I'm i just amazing, truly man. blessed. I mean, that's the best word I can give you is just blessed.
0: Well, I tell you what, your lighting is blessed too. I mean, look. An angel, like a, a, a angel, glowing <laughs> in your camera. Man. I got, <laughs> I
2: got two big windows here to my right. I got a light setting up right here to my left, and yeah,
0: I like it. <laughs> well, I I, I kind of made a make uh, a makeshift studio in here, Harrison I mean, I got the hotel window out that way so i might move my this desk back later on but you know there's only so much you can make ship you know bring a few camp you know bring a little, uh, few of the lamps or something over room service yeah. like what the hell is this guy doing the night before we got a shit you know what he got like a studio in his thing man. Yeah. yeah no it doesn't look bad at all though i love it man rudy man first again it's a pleasure to have you here brother tell it okay rudy who who is rudy Press? like right now how old are you uh, where you living at? What are you doing right now? Before I dive into the background,
2: tell us about right, your right now, um, The point that I'm at right now. I just turned thirty May first, so entering into the dirty um, thirties. Dirty thirties. I currently I'm on year four of my business that I started. It's called Sanitize Three Hundred and Sixty. Uh, we mm-hmm. service um, you know commercial buildings from hospitals to factory warehouses to government um, government businesses and, and mm-hmm. facilities. Um, and I'm also in the process of starting up my my new brand, Vantage, a mindset company mm-hmm. um, to just kind of share all the wisdom, all the knowledge, all the experiences, all the truths that I've accumulated up to this point. I, You know, my my main goal is to just give back, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, mm-hmm. and if I could help one person doing that, you know, that that's the goal or the goal is higher. But one person, you know, means a lot. Rudy, where'd you grow up? I grew up in Stockton, California. Stockton, yeah, Northern California, right by Sacramento man. Bay Area. Yep. Sac Town, yep. So
0: it, it was it was a long way from Beverly Hills, right, my man?
2: Oh yeah, yeah. For us out <laughs> yeah, it was, I was like a seven hour drive. So that's a completely different lifestyle out there. Yeah, you got Tell you got Northern about- Cali and Southern Cali.
0: Yeah, you know, and I've been to um, to both quite a few. I do a lot of business up in North and, and just California in general but just the, uh, obviously just the landscape is different. The water is definitely different in Northern Cal than it is in Southern Cal. Tell us about growing up in Stockton though, man. What was that like growing up
2: in Stockton? Oh man, that was an experience. Um, It's definitely helped shape who I am today. Um, Mm -hmm. And I tell everybody I'm extremely proud of the man that I've become. But there was a lot of difficulty uh, growing up in Stockton, California. For one, it's, uh, it's a lot of crime, a lot of violence that happens. Mm -hmm. and um at a young age you know when we're coming in we're not really understanding life we're still just experiencing and learning on the go and a lot of times you don't really understand the influences that are around you right so the temptation is different like i said the influence the people around you is different the environment itself and the energy itself is different and um Mm -hmm. you know not, not being aware of that you know i spent a lot of my my younger years um just in the trial and error phase. You know, yeah. um, sometimes getting into trouble, a bunch of my buddies getting into trouble, just yeah. just learning the hard way, didn't have much guidance. But um, like I said, you know, without all of that, it, it wouldn't have shaped me into who I am right now, sitting here with you in this moment. Absolutely. Rudy, uh, mom and dad, you grew up, how many how many siblings? and Where do you fit in at? I'm the oldest of five boys. Good yep. gosh. Yep. <laughs> yeah. We stay busy yeah. And oh, top, man, God bless your mom. Yeah, they went three back to back, you know. So I'm 30. The one under me is 28, turning 29 in October. The one under him would be 27 at this point.
0: Five kids, all boys.
2: All boys, yep. So
0: when did you guys make the move from Stockton to uh to Nebraska and why?
2: That was back in 2013, and I had gotten a scholarship to co-play baseball out of York College down the road. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, being that we were in a town of high crime and, and violence and bad environment, uh, my parents found it wise to make the decision to uproot our entire family out here. At the time, Lincoln, Nebraska was one of the top 10 cities to raise a family, and mm-hmm. uh, we felt like God was presenting us with the, the best opportunity to kind of reshape our entire family.
0: Absolutely. Okay, so you moved here in 2013, but I'm going to go back a little bit more though. What was mm-hmm. the what was your your sport of love growing up? And what all sports did you participate in?
2: Mainly just baseball. I, I played a year YMCA ba- basketball. Uh, wasn't too good. I mean, I'm athletic enough to to hang and be be average, but you know, just wasn't my thing. And then uh, I started to play football for a year, um, but you know, at the time. We were just more focused on baseball and didn't want to have any more risks, you yeah. know, than necessary. So, just stuck to baseball my whole life. Now, there in California, the weather the weather is completely different, you know. So, yeah, baseball year round. We don't Absolutely. we don't have seasons, and so, you know, it was just easier to just stay focused on one lane.
0: How did you gravitate towards playing
2: pitcher? Pitcher, I'd say, my mom's dad, so my grandfather. He's, he's passed away at this point already, but, um, growing up, that was his position and, uh, he was very passionate about it. And just growing up, I remember him taking me out for lessons, him teaching me pitching. My dad would be there, you know, catching every ball that I threw. Um, and yeah, that was the one position I, you know, we really hammered in and, um, they ended up being my strongest position. I love, I love taking them out. So,
0: so at first, when you were saying your mom, I thought you said it's your mom's father, mom, I thought you said your mom taught you to play players like, man, your mom had a mean fast <laughs> arm, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, I wouldn't doubt it, to be
2: honest. She probably got something in there.
0: <laughs> uh, I was going to say, yeah. five boys, man, she had to be quick with them hands, too.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, I know, yeah. I mean, we won't go into it, but yeah, my mom, <laughs> she got hands. <laughs> she got hands. <laughs> she has to, you know? <laughs>
0: So, and like you mentioned, uh, Rudy, I've, I've, I've spoken out in the California area quite a bit and baseball is no joke out there. Cause like you said, it's something they can do year round, Florida being one of those other places, uh, Mm -hmm. Texas here and there, but Florida and California, which they can play all year long. You know, what was the competition for you? Like, and what was the mindset? Because think about it, man, where you came from, there was a lot of, cause you went through a a few different high schools. So what was the first high school and what was the first high school you went to? And when did it hit Rudy that I was that you said you know what, I'm a pretty good baseball player. When did when did that first click for you? Maybe it wasn't in high school either. But when did that click for you at the at the high school level? You were like the attitude that kicked in. It was like, yeah, I can kind of throw this thing a little bit. When was that point for you? And tell me about your high school playing experience.
2: Yeah, so I mean, from early on, from a young age, I had always had the highest of expectations for myself. And if it wasn't me giving it to myself. It was more so my father, you know, um, you hear a lot of the stories between athletes that say, you know, you got your dad out there making you practice in the rain, you know, pretty much. And Mm -hmm. um, it was tough at times. There's times I I absolutely hated it and I didn't want anything to do with it. But like I said, I'm so appreciative for every experience that I faced because, you know, to this day, I have that same voice. I've just been able to make it a, a voice that works for me better so early on you know i I understood that i had something in me i mean i didn't have a choice but um when i get up to the to the high school age i i kind of ruined my my high school years i started out at a stag high school was down in Stockton, Mm -hmm. california Mm -hmm. i was doing very well you know um all my friends you know the the school district that i grew up in elementary school led into this Mm -hmm. high school um but it was just one of the the harsher high schools you know, in mm-hmm. town. and so we were focused on baseball. And so my father uprooted me to move to Lincoln High School, which is mm-hmm. ironic that I ended up, you know, moving to Lincoln, Nebraska. <laughs> you know? But I ended up playing for Lincoln High School in Stockton, California. Um, and I didn't get to play until my sophomore year because, um, like I said, experiences, but I, I didn't take grades and I didn't take school seriously. I kind of mm. just gave up at a point. I wasn't happy about switching high schools. And so I kind of rebelled and set myself back a little bit. But um, coming into junior and senior year, specifically for high school, is when you know that dominance came in. And you know what, Rudy? Man,
0: you retaliated basically in the classrooms. Like you know, I didn't want to move school, so bet I'm just I'm just not gonna do anything. Attitude mm-hmm. took a plunge at that point. You had yeah. and then the, um, you had to pay some consequences as a result yeah. of that attitude plunging. But that's a hard time to move. Is in high school, you know, it's hard to move any time I can imagine. But from I remember the only school I had to move to, and it's I still remember how it impacted me all these years later. In second grade, now this is going to sound crazy. In second grade, I made a move there in Lincoln, Nebraska. We we Mm -hmm. started going. I started going to uh, from McPhee Claire McPhee School, which is by the Capitol, and I started going to Clinton Clinton Elementary School, Mm -hmm. which was closer to our neighborhood. And I remember how devastated I was in second grade. You know, in second grade, man, you got a short memory. You know, yeah. I can't <laughs> yeah. imagine a sophomore in high school in though. I mean, You'll to start. where those clicks, those clicks already got their, those clicks have been formed for about you know seven, eight, nine years already. They maybe went to the same junior high, elementary, et cetera. Uh, so I can't imagine um, how tough that would have been for you to move at that point. What did you? What, what clicked for you when you made the change in attitude to say, "Okay, look, it is what it is." I, you know, I tried to rebuild the classroom, great, mucked my grades all up, you know, so I got to do some things different because you can't, you keep, you know, you keep, you know, messing up the grades and, you know, and mucking up the grades, you know, you can't play. I mean, it's whether your parents agreed to it or not, there's certain rules and regulations to where you are not make you eligible. When did that switch click for you said, you know what, I'm done feeling sorry for myself. I'm going to make this change and make the best out of it. What, what was that? Was there a series of events? I was it one incident. What made that click for
2: you in your attitude? What's what's coming up to the surface right now is I'd say finishing up freshman year. Um, you know that's when I started to plummet on my grades, and I was not allowed to play freshman year. I was allowed to mm. practice, but I wasn't allowed <laughs> to play. Imagine you know going out, that day, but you know even when you know being one of the better players, you just still couldn't play. There's nothing you could do, and mm-hmm. I, I'm just not one of those people that likes feeling helpless in any type of situation. And so I got to reflect after that year and said, you know, hey, uh, cut it out. Like, no more. This is what you love. You came here for baseball. You're only hurting yourself.
0: And knowing that it was self-inflicted in something, it'd be different if you got injured you know, or something mm-hmm. of that nature, but to know it was self-inflicted, had a little salt in the wound to you, so I finally said, enough's enough. So when did you yep. start then
2: in baseball in high school? Like, when did you become the starting pitcher? Um. Since I stepped on the field, I mean, I had I had come up through Little League, you know, being one of the dominant pitchers, um, you know, so I, I had already made a name for myself up to that point. But, mm-hmm. um, man, even from high school all the way through college was difficult. I was starting center field, second baseman, and pitcher. You know, I played, oh, I wow. played all three depths of the – all the depths of the field and um, mm-hmm. just had that dog mentality, you know, uh, put me somewhere and I'm going to try to do it better than the person next to me. You know, no matter. You're who like,
0: you're like a Tommy before Tommy today. These
2: days, man. <laughs> oh, oh man, uh, really? Uh, I, I look back. Even today, I have seen an update about him. They're comparing his stats to Bay Ruth. But you know, I look back and like, man, I really had the pitching and and the defensive, you know, abilities to do both at a very extremely high level.
1: You know, and I was also a
2: leadoff batter. So you know, I, I, I had rare. Yeah, which is rare. You know. Rudy, I, I want to
0: talk about this. We have a break coming up about two minutes because of the next segment. I want to talk about after you made the move here, you know your college experience, but how mm-hmm. some hardships and some grief um, allowed you to even galvanize and inform who you are even more today. Um, uh, because grief is an amazing thing in that, and I, I say amazing in a way it's amazingly powerful. Sure. And it can make a person go one or two ways. So when you moved here, so. Before we go to our break, because we got about a minute and a half before we go to that, what? You, so you moved here in 2013? Yeah. Okay, and go to school. And you decided to go to – why did you decide on uh, Concordia? Uh,
2: no, I went to York. I'm sorry, York. Why did you decide on York? York? That's what yeah. I meant. Why Concordia on was York? an option. Though. Concordia, Irvine was one of my options. I decided to go to York because a um, few different reasons. At the time, I was in a relationship, and it, it seemed like one of the safer schools to stay out of trouble. A woman. It always gets it. Go ahead. (laughs) Yeah. I went and, uh, you know, I didn't realize it at the time, but walking through the campus and and meeting the coaches, I just had, you know, kind of like God hovering around me saying, Mm. this is where I want you to be. You know, it was more of an intuition feeling,
1: you know, but I went
2: and the coaches were from, they both were from California, very supportive. Um, You could just tell, like, they, they wanted me the most. You know, and, that's, and so that just stuck. And, um, you know, I know how it is when when I'm passionate about wanting to do something for somebody. You know, if they have to, to make a decision between me or the next person, you know, um, you get to show how much you appreciate someone. And I got full appreciation from them. And so that was why.
0: Rudy, I can't wait till we come back from break. And, folks, you don't want to miss this next part because we're really going to dive into, you know, we're talking about the attitude of things. It's easy to be surfacey. Um, mm-hmm. You know, folks that listen to me and Raf in the mornings, we laugh a lot, but when it comes to the deep things, we like to really dig back and pull back the onions. And that's exactly what we're going to do is pull back some of these onions we get back with uh, Rudy and talk more about that experience at York College, but also the grief he went through, the t- tragedies he went through, and how it had shaped him to be a business owner and how he started his business and when he started at all times and how that background as an athlete and grief helped form who he is today. Folks, we'll be right back with my guest, Rudy Perez, CEO of two companies, which we'll come back and talk about on the AOE Attitude of Everything podcast. We got Rudy holding it down there in, in, uh, in Omaha, Nebraska, in Papio. We got Harrison at the mothership at 9.7 a ticket, and I'm clear in Auburn Tiger country, folks. So we'll be right back in a few minutes. Stick with us.